Well, good afternoon, my friends. This is Pastor Luann Youngman with Treasures of the Heart. I hope and pray that your heart is in good condition today. I hope that your heart is full of joy and peace and gladness. I hope that your heart is not weighed down with burdens and anxiety and grief. And if it is, then I want you to know that we can always go to Jesus. He is our burden bearer. He is our comforter. The Holy Spirit is our greatest comforter and counselor who is with us and in us and reach out to him for your your ministry needs. That if you are uh, feeling weighed down and you are burdened with the cares of the world, you know, cast all your care, First Peter says, on Jesus because he cares so much for you. And so do I. I care about you, and I care that you are aware and knowledgeable about the Word of God, because the Word of God is truth, and the truth is what sets us free. The truth is what prepares us and helps us to be, you know, ahead of the ball game. So, you know, we're on the offense here, and we are trying to do what we can to get ahead of the enemy so that he doesn't deceive us, he doesn't trick us. You know, he doesn't tempt us. He doesn't trap us. He doesn't lie to us. And we don't buy into those lies and we don't fall into his traps. And and he'll do that, especially at your weakest moment. You know, especially if you're weighed down with the cares of the world, especially if you're burdened. You know, the, the enemy will then come and attack you. This is Lent. Remember that it starts pretty much whenever the Spirit leads Jesus into the wilderness to fast for 40 days and 40 nights. And as soon as that day that's over and he is so hungry, that's when, at the end of that time of fasting and praying, the enemy comes in because he knows that Jesus is weaker. He's in a weaker state because he's human. He knows that he's hungry. So he comes to tempt him at that moment. That's because that's how evil he is. You know, any advantage that he thinks it'll be for, for his goodness and his kingdom, the evil kingdom, he's going to take advantage of that. But thank God Jesus, even in his humanness, knew the word of God. And he spoke the word of God. And by speaking the word of God, he put the enemy in his place, told him to get out, and the enemy had to leave. We have that same power to do that, my friends. We need to know who we are in Christ, who is within us, the Lord Jesus, the Father, the Holy Spirit. And greater is he in us than he that is in the world. So keep that evermost in your mind. But we now are going to transition to the book of Revelation. We are getting closer and closer toward the end. Now we are in chapter 18. You know, and I will tell you, these are sometimes very symbolic um, and they're sometimes difficult to discern, to understand. And I in no way want you to ever think that I think I have all the answers to the book of Revelation. I do not. Um, there's, we don't have all the answers for the entire, you know, Bible. What we do know by faith is that Jesus Christ is real, God is real, the Holy Spirit's real, and the Bible is full of truth. But these interpretations, they, there's a plethora of them. So I'm only doing my best through my research and my years of study. And yet, I'm not going to tell you I'm 100%. You need to study to show yourself approved and you read the passages along with me and then maybe, you know, the Holy Spirit might share something else with you. Be very careful, though, that if you do get something that may sound a little differently than the scholars or whatever, that you test the spirits and you make sure that they're of God 
because Jesus tells us to do that. You know, we are to test the spirits and make sure that they're of God because the enemy can come like an angel of light and he can use uh, what maybe looks good or sounds good to woo people and deceive them. And so that's why I tell people, you know, hey, you know what? I want you to read along with me so you can see exactly what's in the word of God for yourself. And then you can see how I'm interpreting it. And then you can go and look up other commentaries and read them and see if it lines up with your theology and, and the ways that you believe. Um, and so, yes, I want you to know that. But I want you to at least hear the word of God, because it says when we read this together, we will be blessed. I want you blessed, my friends. So turn with me to Revelation 18. And we're going to read if I feel that at that point I need to expound on something as we're reading that I will stop and I will do so. All right. So let's see if we can finish chapter 18 today. Verse one, after these things, now remember John's got his vision. He, I mean, he's, he's in heaven now again. You know, he had some of the vision on earth, but now he has his vision in heaven. And he said, after these things, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority and the earth was illumined with his glory. Can you fathom that? I mean, this is an angel. This is not God. This is not Jesus. I can't fathom how bright they are. But this angel is so uh, magnificent as for an angel um, that, I mean, maybe an archangel, but it, it illumines the, the whole earth, you know, and that's amazing with his glory. Verse two, and he cried out with a mighty voice saying, fallen Fallen is Babylon the Great. She has become a dwelling place of demons and a prison of every unclean spirit and a prison of every unclean and hateful bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the passion of her immorality. And the kings of the earth have committed acts of immorality with her. And the merchants of the earth have become rich by the wealth of her sensuality. Now, what in the world? Remember, Babylon, years and years ago, was a, a, a well-known city, and but it was a city of evildoers and idol worshipers and all kinds of sexual immorality. And, and Babylon, the great, fell, right? And so Babylon is symbolic of, I believe, any nation that turns their back upon God and is filled with idolatry and is filled with evil and doing evil things and, and blasphemies God or turns away from God and is has all these sexual immoralities that are going on. So that could be even like the Roman Empire was huge, right? And so the Roman Empire also fell, but it was known for its wealth, its prosperity, but also you had to like, you know, honor Caesar and denounce Christ. And if you didn't have to denounce Christ, you still were then at the lower bottom and they were always coming after you and persecuting Christians. And, but it but it fell also. So here we have it's symbolically whatever the Antichrist, the beast, Satan, the false prophet, whatever they have now in the nation that that or the kingdom or however you want to put it that's here on earth, that they have created, it is likened unto Babylon. And so the angel is saying, this one's coming down to. The one that the false prophet and the beast have deceived the people and all the people that got sealed, the mark of the beast, all the ones that are following them, they need to be hearing that their great dwelling place is now going to become fallen, fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. So 
Verse 4, I heard another voice from heaven saying, come out of her, my people, so that you will not participate in her sins and receive of her plagues. For her sins have piled up as high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities, has remembered her wrongdoings, her sins, her evil ways. Verse 6, pay her back, even as she has paid, and give back to her double according to her deeds, and the cup which she has mixed, mix it twice as much for her. To the degree that she glorified herself and lived sensuously, to the same degree, give her torment and mourning. For she says in her heart, I sit as a queen and I am not a widow and will never see mourning. Now, I don't mean the mourning of the sunrise. I mean mourning in your heart of grief. So she is saying, I'm never going to see mourning. Everything is so glorious. Everything's going my way. Everybody's kind of like bowing down to me. I'm the queen. Everything is working out. And I mean, it is, it is not. Verse 8, for this reason, in one day, her plagues will come, pestilence and mourning and famine, and she'll be burned up with fire for the Lord God who judges her is strong. So now we know fallen, fallen comes this this uh, kingdom or whatever that the Antichrist has built up here on the earth in the last three and a half years of the tribulation. And now this angel is proclaiming that God's judgment is going to come and it is going to fall and great will be the fall. Actually double, double the judgment of all the bad that she has done. Twice as much is going to be done to her. We reap what we sow, but in this instance, she's going to reap double for what she has sown, what, what they have sown. Verse 9, and the kings of the earth who committed acts of immorality and lived sensuously with her will weep and lament over her when they see the smoke of her burning standing at a distance because of the fear of her torment saying, whoa, whoa, the great city Babylon, the strong city, for in one hour your judgment has come. And the merchants of the earth weep and mourn over her because no one buys there are cargoes anymore, cargoes of gold and silver and precious stones and pearls and fine linen and purple and silk and scarlet and every kind of citron wood and every article of ivory and every article made from very costly wood and bronze and iron and marble and cinnamon and spice and incense and perfume and frankincense and wine, olive oil and fine flour and wheat and cattle and sheep, cargoes of horses and chariots and slaves and human lives. The fruit you long for has gone from you, and all things that were luxurious and splendid have passed away from you, and men will no longer find them. Let's stop before we go to verse 15. So he is saying that because this, this greatness that the Antichrist has created and made to look good and deceived all the people is now destroyed. And it's destroyed here on earth. And everyone that got their wealth from that city, all of those items that I read that were coming in on ships and there was, you know, buying and trading and selling and everybody was, you know, wealth, happy, eating and drinking and making merry and immoral sexual acts. It's all done. And their lament means they are weeping. They are sorry that it's gone. It's over. Good times. All the wealth, all the sexual, it's gone in one hour. Now, you know, you sometimes wonder, how can something be so destroyed, so great in one hour? Well, listen, I went to uh, Mississippi twice after Katrina. And I can tell you that destruction can definitely come. And it can come quickly. And it can bring great 
destruction. I mean, the area that I was in was the size of New Philadelphia and Dover combined, and everything was gone. It was shifted and moved in houses, every different direction, boats on top of cemeteries, huge. It was culture shock for me. It was deep sadness and grief and mourning for the people when you would see in red letters, this house was checked. This house was checked on strips of wood that was left in trees so that people would know that they checked to see if anybody inside was there. And if so, and they had passed away or were they still alive? So they checked it. Sad. And that's what's going to happen here, right? So let's go on. Verse 15. The merchants of these things who became rich from her will stand at a distance because of the fear of her torment, weeping and mourning, saying, whoa, whoa. The great city, she who was clothed in fine linen and purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls. For in one hour, such great wealth has been laid waste and every shipmaster and every passenger and sailor and as many as make their living by the sea stood at a distance and were crying out as they saw the smoke of her burning saying, what city is like the great city? And they threw dust on their heads and were crying out, weeping and mourning, saying, Whoa, whoa, the great city in which all who had ships at sea became rich by her wealth, for in one hour she's been laid waste. Rejoice over her, O heaven, and you saints and apostles and prophets, because God has pronounced judgment for you against her. Right? So the saints were wondering, when are you going to avenge us of our death? Because they killed the saints, right? They murdered the saints because they did not follow the Antichrist. And so now God is saying, you brought blood upon the heads of my people, and now you're going to suffer for it. Verse 21, then a strong angel took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, so will Babylon, the great city, be thrown down with violence and will not be found any longer. And the sound of harpists and musicians and flute players and trumpeters will not be heard in you any longer. And no craftsman of any craft will be found in you any longer. And the sound of a mill will not be heard in you any longer. And the light of a lamp will not shine in you any longer. And the voice of the bridegroom and bride will not be heard in you any longer. For your merchants were the great men of the earth because all the nations were deceived by your sorcery. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all who have been slain on the earth. That is the end, my friend, of chapter 18. We will go into chapter 19, but what I want you to know is that when the enemy does wrong things, take heart. God sees, God knows, he knows the injustices that have been done to you. Perhaps he knows the deaths that have occurred and he will come as redeemer and victor and he will make his judgment known upon them. And there is no judgment. There is nothing on earth that we can do to an individual that will be anything like what our God will do to those who hurt his kids. Well, this is Pastor the Wayan with Treasures of the Heart. Can't wait to be with you. Until next week, God bless you. Stay safe. In Jesus' name, amen.